everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 172 for February 27th. 2019. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Scott Turner, uh, The Godfather, uh, Jimmy DeResta. Hmm. What was wrong with that one? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Was it? Effort. Yeah. I don't know. It's basically it's, it's, it's a it's a flea market trumpet I bought three years ago, and it sits here, and I play two notes a week on it. You get what you get. That's mm. all it does. Well, it's fast and cheap. Greg Mead, yeah, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, <laughs> Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, AliquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, and Gangi and Pop Up Makerspace. What are we working on? Last week I went with Bill. This week I will also go with Bill. What are you working on? I am working on a couple of sliding barn doors. Cool story. Uh, <laughs> last time you baited me with that trap, I went right to Tim, but instead I will allow you to expound on that. Um, so, yeah, the last couple of projects I have for the salon build is um, the break room and the bathroom. And um, uh, sliding barn door for the bathroom. So here, here's kind of a neat story. I love our community and, and, and our audience and the people that actually listen to us and think that we're for some reason entertaining and fun and cool uh mr spencer bennett uh was 10 years a building inspector uh, a few of which <laughs> a few of which seriously a few of which was um specifically for accessibility in in commercial buildings and he oh, wow. actually looked into it and he's like i don't think you're gonna have a problem with the sliding door as long as there's enough room to do a full circle anyway he was he was telling me hey man i heard on your podcast you're talking about sliding you know the bathroom issues blah 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 and i think you're gonna be okay if you have any other questions you can let me know and i was like dude spencer wow. thank you uh, yeah just reach out you know i get this text or a uh, uh, messenger thing from that so Spencer, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We'd appreciate you much more once you become a, a Max patron. But <laughs> on Patreon, <laughs> no. But seriously, man, thank you for for that. And I will utilize your um, knowledge if if the need arises. But that's what I'm working on: a couple of sliding doors. So I'm gonna uh, put together um, part of some um, uh, what did I call it? Patinaed rusty type metal corrugated and then use plastic buy some plastic stuff make one of each i think i think that's the road that i'm going to go down for those two things so yeah so i've got the hardware apart on my bench right now looking at that how it's going to you know fit how thick the door can be all that good stuff but yeah so that's what i'm working on hmm terrific tim it is awesome that you can like I mean I've done it I know we've all done it where there's just someone in this community if you don't know someone's you just put it out there randomly like hey I'm looking into ADA compliance on a door and there's like someone's like well for 20 years I did that and here's how right. I love that mm -hmm. about this and everybody's just willing to jump in and you know we can't all know everything you know like I mean well Phil can but yeah Phil knows most all yeah but well that, a lot about a lot not everything about everything <laughs> I know the most about humility I'm the best at that that's right. I am the most modest. Yeah. Talladega Nights. 
Nope. No. Bill Pinsky. Nope. Good guess, though. Good guess. Um, I am almost done with my large order of stools. Um, I actually just welded the last frame today. Wow. And I put the... Actually, I think, I, I think they're all officially assembled now, but I have to go through and finish just uh, lacquering the metal. Um, and then go around and, you know, make sure they're all, you know, up to snuff and stuff. So those should be shipping out this week. And I, I sold a couple guitars, which is really cool. And I have a couple uh, custom orders I'm going to be starting next after the stools, which is nice. So I'm jumping out of the stools and into some fun stuff. You know, I have a, 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 a ukulele I'm making for someone. And I'm also going to make a... I think it's going to be a really cool uh, travel guitar. Um, oh. It's going to be like... I'm already... I'm probably going to make a video of it. And it's going to be called like the travel guitar that you will actually want to play. Is kind of the idea. Like, I think it's going to... I think it's going to be really cool. Um, or I'll screw it up. I don't know. <laughs> Did I read that on your? Anyway. In, you posted a picture on Instagram of the one you sold, um, and you got some of the wood was the Kumaru, and the other was from Jimmy's farm. Is that right? Yeah, it was uh, not last summer, but two summers ago, I guess. Uh, Vance and I went up and um, and camped there for a couple days. He had a bunch of people up, and uh, and there was a guy that was doing a what was it called Lichtenberg when you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do the electricity thing. He was showing us how to do that, but then the, the converter thing was dead, so it didn't work. But um, Jimmy went and he grabbed a bunch of boards out of his barn to, to do this Lichtenberg on, and he, so he pulled out this, like, you know, six, seven foot long board of spalted maple. It was only, like, about a half inch thick or so. And he's like, oh, this will be cool. I wonder what will happen if we do it to this. But then the thing died, so it never got burned. And then, uh, so he was just like, you want Lichtenstein. it? Lichtenstein. Something like that. Lichtenstein, Lichtenberg. I don't know. But um, so, uh, like, I remember Paul Jackman took one piece and I took the other. And uh, yeah, so I. Does Jimmy know that you took it? Or? Yeah. No, no, we did it in the middle of the night. Makes um, some sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's yeah, not it was, fair. You and Paul always get all the good stuff from Jimmy. Yeah. 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 That's because we deserve it. But um, you know what I wanted to talk about here real quick is <laughs> just whew, skip right over that. Um, yeah. I have some. I have some interesting news in the world of TSPWHQ. Is that I did not lose any. <laughs> I know. He's like, everyone knows what that means. I'm just going to say it very quickly and move past it. Yeah. Tim Sway Perspectives World Headquarters, for those not in so the So there's know. news but about I, me. Everybody is what you're knows. To say. Everybody knows that. Uh, well, there's me, there's the squirrel. I mean, there's a lot of people involved there. There's, yeah. there's a lot of things and, going on. But we, I'd yeah. like to hear this, so please. I, I bought a new uh, work truck. <gasps> what? <gasps> what? And. And I am this is selling, brand new information. I am selling an old, my old one. It is listed for sale. And if anybody's interested, you can contact me. I can tell you all about it. Um, but I've decided to sell Old Yeller uh, uh -huh. because uh, the rust issues. And there's a part of the frame now that's starting to, to okay, show. So on. it's Let, let's never good at selling Tim, this thing. Tim, 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 <laughs> yeah. So what? part of the process of selling something is not advertising rust issues and frame damage. Right. That's, no, you I'm just going to throw I'm, it out there. Um, no, you have to be honest. I mean, you know. No, but, you uh, don't. Where do you live? Connecticut? I live in the world where people should be honest. That's where I live. Oh. <laughs> there is honesty, and then there is innocent omission. Yes. No. We call no, it no. we call it patina and lack of undercoat is what we call that. We, we call it character. Yes. <laughs> character. That is exactly hey, what I call it. So what did you get? Yeah. What did you get? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the I love... Like this is this has been years in the making for me to make this decision because I love my old yellow truck. It's not the most you fuel efficient thing in the world, and I'm the green guy. But I I, I probably should have sold it years ago. But I, I just I I couldn't let go of this truck. And uh, but what I wanted to do was find something more e eco friendly. 
And oh, um, no. so you bought so Chris looking, Cute's Toyota, didn't you? Nope. I was thinking oh. about buying it a smaller, you know, like a mid-size small pickup truck. But like they have the the bed, you can't even fit the plywood in because the wheels you have to put over the wheels and stuff. And and I'm not a huge fan, you know. And then I was thinking about um, uh, what I really wanted to do was do like an S10 electric truck conversion. But the technology is just not there yet. If I made a delivery 60 miles away, I'd have to spend the night to charge the batteries to make it home. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it wasn't. It's just not there yet. So I bought a a uh, <laughs> an import Japanese mini truck. Do you know what those are? A key truck. Three wheels? What? Nope, nope, four wheels. Uh, Three-cylinder engine, 660cc, get over 30 miles to the gallon. Uh, and it's got a six-foot six by 50-inch uh, wide bed. The wheels are underneath it because they're small wheels. And all the sides come off and they make it a flatbed, and it's right-hand drive. So I'm driving on the other side of the You've got to post a picture of this. Yes. Oh, I will once it's up and running. It's not on the uh, road yet. I just bought it, and uh, I'm going tomorrow. I should be able to get my templates. I have to go through the whole song and dance of proving the VIN because it's a foreign VIN. And I have to go get it, um, not inspected, but certified. Because if the trucks are, and this is almost a nationwide, I think California has the exception. Um, but and, and these, these vehicles, can, if they're more than 25 years old, in almost every state, you can register them and drive them on the road legally without worrying about all the... Uh, inspections and whatnot that are required. Yeah, even even in California, you can do that. Yeah, if it's over, if it's uh, before 1975, I believe you can yeah. do that. So oh, 75, yeah. So this is now it's 93. Yeah, that's four yeah. years. You know, yeah. But so this um, is a nine. The the one I bought is a 92 Honda Acty A C T Y. Google it. I'm sure people are pausing this podcast right now to do that. And oh, yeah. it's um it's a um, it's a I, little tiny truck. I, I would like to say a couple of things. First of all, um. It makes sense, and I am happy for you because I think you're probably super excited about this. I really do. Oh, yeah. I, I I get that part of it. I'm sad to see the old Yeller go, but I'm sad to see yeah. old Yeller go, and I'm I got to tell you, there's a bit of a letdown. I was waiting for a new four wheel drive Dodge or a Chevy King Cat, or I bought Jimmy's truck, you know, because you get everything from Jimmy anyway. So, it's oh my, it's a it's a body over cab. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's well, the like. One- the one I bought, the engine's actually under the bed, so it's like, uh, like there's actually storage under the seats a little bit too. They're oh, very so it's small. mid, it's mid-engine. The whole okay, so you get this. Is the whole story of how I got it? It's a golf like, cart. It's basically it's yeah. a golf cart. How am I not supposed it. to make fun of you driving this? Oh, you can right. absolutely make fun of me driving. Have this, you sat in it yet? Can you fit in that I've, thing? Yeah, I've driven it. Yeah, I've driven them all over. So the guy, the guy I bought it off of, he it's a whole long story, but so he ends up I actually like struck this deal with a guy and I got him to deliver it to my shop because I have to go through the hassle of of getting it on the road and stuff. So he shows up to my shop and he had two of them that he was bringing up, mine and another one he was selling. And They're uh, both one of inside them, that guy's pickup truck. One of so them was on a tra- one of them was on a trailer and the other one was in the bed of his Toyota full-size truck. I just, I knew it. They're he roller that, skates. Yeah. They're yeah. Basically, if you put a strap, a couple of bed straps in there, you can put one on each foot and skate. Uh, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife gets to keep the real car, though, right? Oh, yeah, we still, I still have the, my wife has her car, and we have a minivan, too. That's what I, okay. I so most of the time when I have to make a delivery that's out of the local region, uh, I take the van because the truck is big and, and loud and guzzling gas. And so it'll be basically the same, but for other reasons. Now it'll be just like it's little. And, you know, I don't mind hopping on the highway and running around town in this thing, but I'm not going to go getting going across the GW so, Bridge well, first on it. Of all, you know what I mean? I, does, yeah. does your state have um, uh, speed minimums? <laughs> <laughs> all states have speed minimums. Yeah. Because, yeah. and no, if they, you get it up to do, speed, yeah. if you get it up to speed and you're going downhill, 
Okay, don't slam on the brakes because it will just plop yeah. over. Oh, you could do an endo in this on flat ground. I yeah, think. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But um, especially but, but a it, big guy like you sitting in the front, there's a lot of weight towards the front of it. Well, I figure I weigh I weigh about the same as the engine and transmission, so and that's in the back. <laughs> so <laughs> he's not kidding. I yeah, know. No, I'm not. The whole the whole truck weighs 1,600 pounds, like curb weight. It's it's wow. half. Yeah, it's about half the yeah. weight of a regular vehicle. Truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes half 60 the miles of a regular hour. man. Yeah. It screams going 60 miles an hour. Like you yeah, can well, imagine, it's a, it's a, it's a five if speed. you can imagine yeah. a really buff hamster on a wheel, it's just hauling butt as fast you know as it what? can possibly now go. You're going too far. We're talking guinea pig power here, not hamster. All right. Oh man. <laughs> hey, does Vance know? Because that's his guinea pig, right? <laughs> yeah, Vance. Vance doesn't realize that it, he's excited about it. Wait until he says, "I open up the gas tank and shove the guinea pig in." <laughs> <laughs> Quick, Vance, throw cheese in there. Throw cheese in there. Uh, no, I've been I've been wanting to do something like this for a while because I wanted to, you know, to try and just, you know, continue to reduce my footprint. And uh, and the, the truck was always like, it's like all the good I did just went right through the truck's tailpipe, you know. And so in the, the truck is at a point now where it's like I, I've, it's a survivor and I've been daily driving it for seven years, but it needs to go to someone to restore it now. And I'm just not the guy. If I can't sell it, then, you know, I'll put it in my barn somewhere. And when Vance is a little older, we'll do it ourselves or something. But... But I'd want to see it go to someone that can restore it properly because it's too special of a truck to just let rot away in the way I'm using it, you know? So it's time to let go. Yeah. Yeah, well... And that, was why, and that was why in the pre-show I didn't want to tell you that because I was that whole sort of side of it. Oh, I'm, I'm so a, glad you didn't say it in the pre-show because there's a lot of gold that we just put on the regular show. Thanks yeah, to you. And, I know, but and I would have used I, way more expletives in the pre-show. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yes, thank you for saving me the trouble of beeping it all. But... um. Uh, but I thought that that might be a future topic idea too, like of that. You know, Bad like, life decisions, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And Andy Berkey, Andy Berkey just got rid of his um, little. He had a, a Dodge Dakota, I think, or a Nissan. Anyway, he had a like a mid-sized truck, but he got rid of yeah. that and he got one of the um, like little the mini delivery type vans, like Ford makes them. I think. Oh I yeah, I was oh, looking at those too. Yeah, yeah, the Transit, Ford exactly. Transit. He got yeah, one of those. Yeah. He's like, why didn't I do this years ago? Because okay, but that makes so much sense for him. It does because of the yeah. type it's of cover. Well, yeah, it's covered the type of work that he puts the in it. It's actually work, yeah. it's a real car. It's not yeah. a golf cart. You know, right? I I looked into that, but then I was like, well, I do have a minivan, so you know, I have the minivan when I need it, and uh, and like I, there's something about the the pickup truck that comes in handy for me, and the you know dumpster diving and and the type of stuff I do. I've got some hey, some plans absolutely. to trick it out. I agree. You yeah. know. And um, so I, you know, I was like, well, I don't need two vans. And then the other thing I was, it was a tough decision because I really wanted to go out and get like a, you know, a 2005, you know, Silverado with the four seats and, you know, or in the, the six foot bed yeah. and the two little seats in the back and I could fit the family and I have someplace to put guitars if it's raining. I could go and get one of those for, you know, a price that I could afford, um, you know, and probably have to put some money into it or whatever, but it would be. But I'd still be getting like you know 14 miles to the gallon at best, and and uh, and I really was like I, I need to do I need to you do something. You have to give up your flannel shirts now. You can't. Uh, yeah, but what about diesel? Did you? I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of I'm gonna get rid of all my flannel shirts and get all Hello Kitty shirts. <laughs> You're gonna have to. You mean bring them back out? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yes, diesel. I have looked into diesel. I've looked into biodiesel, which is something I always wanted to do. Uh, or, or you know vegetable oil diesel conversions I've been on that kick for a while too but there's a lot living in the cold there's a lot of downsides to that uh, all that but stuff in like the, the electric uh, yeah regular diesel too you know is this but thing a four wheel drive no it's yes 
Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's all wheel. It's um, most of them have uh, four wheel drive with a transfer case and whatnot. And a lot okay. of guys. This is this is them. an all wheel drive. They usually it's called real time four wheel drive on mine. Mine's a Honda, and so it has. Yeah, it's it's, it's like the CRV. It's like my daughter's exactly, car I just exactly, bought. Yeah. yeah. So and except then, she's got an actual four cylinder motor as opposed to a three cylinder. motor. Yeah, she's just spewing gas. <laughs> but. <laughs> The um, most of them have the transfer case and they go in the four low and stuff. And a lot of people buy those for their farms and their big property and they put mutters on them and stuff uh, oh, because yeah. they're they're cheaper than UTVs. Yeah, right. The the you know? the, the and Honda all wheel drive on the road. The Honda yeah. four wheel or you know real time four wheel drive. It's really good. It's really yeah. really good. I did a little research on that because I wasn't sold on it because I like having a transfer case. You know, it's but, it's um, all the time front wheel drive unless you start to slip and then you instantly you get traction from the rear wheel as well. Mm. And it's yeah. uh, it's I think you look mine, at some my, videos of those little yeah. CRVs climbing up. Oh yeah, scary, no, I went crazy. I, I drove yeah. it out in the snow and stuff. You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I took it for a test drive around the property and stuff. And yeah, I've already. Okay. I've already put it into some snow banks and gotten right out. That's, that's awesome. And uh, all kidding aside, that's actually pretty cool. I, that, that is a Tim Sway thing. That's absolutely well, not, cool. Please, I'm not prepared to stop kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited about it. I haven't really come up with all my decisions, but I'm excited about branding for it because that's like a big part, too. Is like well, the, what color the is it? Truck. It's white. They're all white, it, basically. It needs to be I'm, yellow. Why, why make the transition harder for us than it has to be? <laughs> I thought about that. I have thought about rattle canning it or something, but uh, I like the white. And, uh, but you I'm can do take... a wrap though. Like let somebody do a real vinyl wrap with Ooh, your. Ooh, maybe your you can do a trade. Maybe you well, can there's do a... some uh, a coffee table for a wrap type thing. I was I was thinking about that. I, I was talking to or I was going to go to the my sign guys where I get some sign material mm-hmm. from and just get a vinyl decals for the doors because I had an idea for that. But I want to do my 3D stuff like on the tailgate. Um, and then I, I have an idea for where the Honda logo is on the front. I was going to take that off and make like a new perspectives music. I'm going to do this whole truck new perspectives music instead of timsway.net. Um, and I just because I think with a the music theme, it'll it'll grab more eyes. And, okay, so wait, wait, wait. You know. For branding mm-hmm. and for the music thing, instead of doing a rapping thing, you can actually write some rap. Like my name is Tim. I'm tall and slim. I used to have a truck, but now I'm out of luck. Duke, I'm just hang on. I'm just gonna write down the. You just come up with this. That was gold. What? I'm gonna just. I'm gonna rap. I'm doing a podcast here with Eminem. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna cut that. That it's all getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> and now the easiest part of any coach's job: the cuts. <laughs> the cuts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's enough of that. So you'll you'll be seeing more once I once I you know get my eye make plates on that thing and stuff. There's I'll so be... much. There's so much content now for you just based on this truck. Just based. Well, on yeah. This... I was trying to. I for the past few months, I was trying to work a deal with one of these importers, and I wanted to do a whole video series of actually importing one myself from Japan, instead of buying an import that was already here from an importer. And um, hmm. and I just I, I couldn't get anywhere with the like, one company was kind of interested, but they weren't really seeing the potential. But I'm like thinking if I had done the video like showing like the whole process with them with filming it in Japan, getting it on the boat. You know, and then all the I'm thinking more like if you later. make if you make a custom tailgate or something like there's a yeah. lot of things that you did your old yellow that you didn't make videos of that you can do that now. Well, because I have you a have, you yeah have the branding and stuff, and machining and all of that that you can actually do for it. So I think there's some I have a fun videos. idea for a I have a fun idea for a ladder rack um, because I want it like the bed has all this versatility because the sides and the tailgate all fold down and come off into a full mm. flatbed. And so I don't want to lose that versatility, but I wanted to put a ladder rack on it so I can put longer stuff across it over the roof. I mean, I, the whole thing's only 10 feet long, so the boards can't be much longer than that. But, but you know, like, to get that six-foot span 
but I want to make it easily disassemble and easily collapsible. And I have some kind of fun ideas for that. You know what? Keeping with the theme of the truck, since it looks like a little toy, you can use a baby crib for the rack. Because, you know, how it's got the, the bars on it. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I could do that. Or the little, the little, uh, the little uh, prison bars that don't let the little kids get from one room to the other. The baby gate. Use, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really cool. I should have like a baby gate that goes over <laughs> Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say show over. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, hey, I Phil, what are you working on? Yeah, no, it's a good thing nobody asked me because I, I really haven't been working on much. I've just been, uh, well, in town, so working as much as possible at work work, and I haven't had a chance to really do much in the garage, although I do have a couple of projects currently on the bench, which are a big giant whiskey box and a, uh, and a rolling tray. Let's move on to our topic, which I, I uh, we kind of debated whether or not we were going to do it and how we were going to do it last week. <laughs> my, my, my whole truck story is like the perfect thing for this. Good, fast, and cheap can only be two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure it, it's two. It's, a, it's at least one. It's cheap. It's just I'm cheap. Sure. It's just cheap. It's got yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good, fast, cheap is the name of the, the topic. And just to uh, sort of bring everyone up to speed... Um, this is one of those sort of business ideas or business principles that you sort of learn uh, kind of it's like 101, right? So it's it's a triangle, and on each one of the points, you've got good, then fast, then cheap, and the rule is always pick two. So if you want something good and cheap, it's not going to be fast. If you want something fast and cheap, it's not going to be good. And if you want something fast and cheap, no, I already did that one. Fast, good fast and, and good. Che- Good and cheap, it's not going to be well, good and fast. Fast and good. That's what you missed. Fast, fast if it's going to want something that's fast and good, it's not going to be cheap. I already did that one. Anyways, pick fast two. Fast and good is, is not cheap. Off. Good and cheap is not fast. Cheap and... Oh, it is harder than... It is hard to do without looking at it. <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is... Around, let's start, up, let's start off with and this. Fast and cheap, yeah. Fast yeah. and cheap. It's kind fast. of a... Um, what do you call it? Uh, an oxymoron that if you want something that's good and cheap, it's not going to be fast. It's not an because, oxymoron, but I agree with you. No, it is an oxymoron because if you think about it, if, if something is going to take you a lot longer to do, that's more time invested into it, which therefore would normally raise the price on something that you're making. Or it's are really you more saying, a consumer rule, right? It's not like as a producer of the good. Well, as right? a because maker, how do we you, apply this as a maker? Because like, if, So if it's going to be good, but it's going to be cheap, you're doing it for a family or a friend, it's not going to be a, pr- a priority. That's why it's not exactly. going to be fast. Right. Exactly. So okay. your, your yeah. labor cost doesn't go higher. It's it just, just the project. It's just that it's on your head the whole time, yeah. and it just causes you stress. The priority <laughs> level. Is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're not making any money on it, but the, but this, the priority level gets shifted. Okay. You know what I mean? That's, it's right. like, oh, you, don't, you only want to spend 50 bucks? I, yeah, if you only want to spend fifty bucks, I'll I can get to do that. that. But I'm going right. to do it in my own good right. time, you know. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's an interesting one because both as consumers and as I mean, some of us are selling our stuff. Not everybody is, but just to give maybe perspective on both sides of the aisle here on this one, um, we price our. I mean, sometimes we price our stuff too high. Sometimes we price our stuff too low, and maybe we don't really realize which side of that coin we're on. Sometimes we think, oh, you know what, I'm going to a craft fair and I want to be able to have a whole bunch of goods to sell and what the hell, I'll sell it for 20 bucks. So you priced it too low, which means that you are actually giving away all three. It's good, it's fast, and it's cheap, right? It's fast because they can get it on the spot. It's 
fast. Well, I said that one already. It's good because you put a ton of time into it, and it is cheap because you underpriced it. So as a producer of goods, you can hit all three, but to your detriment. <laughs> but you're going to go out of business. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the yeah. only time that equation works, but it doesn't actually work. It's meant to be something that, that give, instills value, right? So there is no value unless you're only picking yeah. two of those things. And, you know, it's short-term value because now you might think like, oh, well, I'm going to go to this widget sale and I'm going to sell these widgets super cheap because I have my name on them. So then people are going to say, I got this good, fast, cheap item from this guy. I'm going to call him for future needs. So then they call you for future needs. And it's like, haha, well, now it's here is where I can make money on, on this. But they already expect you to be cheap. So when you give them right. a realistic price, they're like, oh, forget it. I thought it was going to be cheap. 100%. So, so this yeah. is an excellent model to look at. I mean, just going into anything, whether you're going to uh, – like you said, go to a widget sale or you're going to price, you know, somebody wants you to build a coffee table, right? So all of those things you got to keep into mind. And it's a really simple formula to use. It is because, look, you can yeah. build, you can build, um, you know, picnic tables from two by tens, right? So you can sell them for cheap. They were fast, but they're not going to be that good because that wood's going to warp. That wood's going to move, right? So people are getting what they expect out of that. And it happens all the time. And to Tim's point, you know, where uh, you, you're doing something on the cheap in hopes of inspiring future business, that's like the graphic artist who, who works for uh, reputation or who gives away their work. Uh, what's it called? You're building your portfolio, you know, all that stuff. That, that, that doesn't work, you know. Get paid for your work. Get paid for what you do and, and manage everyone's expectations all the way around, both your own and your customers. I find a lot of people are very frustrated by the fact that they're not making as much money as they feel like they should be making based on the amount of work they're putting into it, but they're pricing and they're costing their work incorrectly. You know, right. oh, I found this material, so I really should only be charging for my labor. Nah, bro. You know, you took those pallets apart. That was right. a ton of labor and hours driving around looking for stuff. Or your gas costs money. Your time to scavenge costs money. You know, there's a perceived value for this material, regardless of the fact that you may be founded on a lucky break. Because next time you go to source this, because now there's an expectation for this stuff, maybe you have to go to uh, the restore or whatever kind of, st and you have to buy this stuff at full cost. Right, yeah. right. So, oh yeah, the, uh, the the stools I'm making right now, like I had gotten a really good deal on the wood to make eighty of them, right. but then I needed to buy the. You wood shouldn't to have make priced it based on the lucky find. But, but right. I, I'm not oh, you, I did you. I mean, the I was royal prepared you. for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but me six years ago would have. Oh, I got that for. I already got that. Right. That's all paid but, for. You know what I mean? But, and then you, but isn't this all part of a learning curve too? And it's almost it's almost like natural selection. I think that if you spend six years trying to grow your business and you're failing, uh, maybe it's time to go get a nine to five. You know what maybe? I mean? <laughs> it could be a little yeah. Darwinism. Yeah. <laughs> I, not to be harsh, but I'm saying. I mean, yeah. not to be harsh, but seriously, I mean, there's there's tools out there to, to help you, and there's a lot of actual podcasts with good information besides us. Um, but if you haven't learned those lessons, and this is such a simple rule, I mean, you can draw this right now. Everybody that listens, on a piece of paper, make a triangle, put good, fast, and cheap on there, and post that in your garage if, if, if that's what you're doing, if you're making for a living. Because this is, I've never thought of it. This is something I had never heard of, and, and I love this. I love it. This is our next T-shirt. Good, fast, cheap with a reclaimed audio logo in the middle. <laughs> Good, fast, cheap. Ooh. Pick one. And there's an arrow pointing to cheap. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what? 
No yeah. way. I edit these so quickly. <laughs> Maybe we're hitting somebody at the exact right place in time, you know, where this information is critical for them. Maybe they don't need yeah. to be failing for the last six years, but they could be frustrated over the last six weeks. And I think that's the value of sort of bringing up these topics in that. Yeah. You, like, Bill, you, you'd never heard of this before, right? So I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people who had never heard of it before. Right. And obviously before I heard of it, I didn't hear of it. But I think it's such a basic, important lesson that every adult should understand. Never mind makers, never mind creators, never mind people who make stuff. Everybody should understand this because I think that there fundamentally is a lack of understanding of value. And I don't just mean getting a good deal at Target. I mean what people's time is worth, what materials are worth, what something that is made to be an heirloom is worth. You know, we live in this disposable, replaceable consumer economy where you buy something, it breaks, ah, whatever. You know, you buy a $300 Westinghouse 60-inch TV and you're like, oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, but what did that, what did that cost our economy to be able to have something that cheap? You know, for a second, I thought I was listening to Tim, but then when you brought up the Westinghouse 16-inch TV, <laughs> I, that, that's Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brand name and everything. Someone, I forget who, I just saw on Facebook tonight, someone had posted a picture of a receipt they had from uh, yeah. a reuse-type store, and it said, uh, oh, God, I don't remember the exact word, but he had bought a piece of wood, and the way it was coded in the computer to come up with the receipt, it was like... Um, uh, disposable plastic solution was how wood was That's labeled funny. The, <laughs> at the store. <laughs> Some, somewhere to that extent. I thought that was really clever. Yeah, the, I mean, there's definitely a, a learning curve that hopefully most people figure out as you're going along. Because especially in reclaiming, like you said, you first start reclaiming. It's like, man, I just found this really, you know, a, a, bunch, a pile of lumber. I can make a bunch of. It didn't cost me anything. You know, and that's your that's your idea. Then you realize I just spent two weeks making a really nice coffee table and I sold it for 150 bucks. Well, how much? Well, is, there's that, but there's also math, the right? like the you spent two you know, weeks while you were doing this as a hobby, you know, when you had your day job, and you're like, ah, I made 150 bucks, cost me nothing, right. it's all profit, right? And then and then you go to do it, right? And you realize, hey, wait a second here, <laughs> so who's, who's the idiot who did this budget? Yeah, oh well, yeah, that was me. What? Why was Tim always saying quit your job? Always giving back, but you know what the thing is is like, what a jerk. We. The guys who are doing this for a hobby, and I, I don't know if I necessarily let myself in there because I do not price cheaply, but the guys who do this as a hobby who kind of undercut the market can sometimes not understand the impact they're having. They're thinking, you know what? I'm doing this for fun. I'm making a couple of bucks. What do I care? You know, like, I don't care. But then you got the guy who's doing it or the guys who are doing it for a living who are then suffering the consequences of that undercut market or that customer expectation that a coffee table should be 150 bucks. And it's... Well, see, see, I agree with that, but I also disagree in the fact that if you have a guy that's a hobby hobbyist and he's selling it and he's undercutting you, then you're, you're selling in the wrong market because the people that are actually buying good quality furniture, that's, you know... They're, uh, but you they're know, not, a lot of these, a lot of hobbyists, a lot of our our friends and stuff that have full time jobs, they make amazing, amazing high quality stuff. Correct, but they're not usually set. They're not going to craft fairs, right? They're selling to their friends. They're, they're selling, selling to their friends, yeah, for the moment. Or they 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 might throw it so, up on Facebook I, Marketplace. But yeah, I mean, it's I I think yeah. you have to realize that you don't want to if you are trying to make a living at doing this, you have to find the market for what you're selling because there are places that sell high-end not high-end i'm just going to say uh because you obviously don't want to go to a, a place 
you know, you can't sell something reclaimed at, you know, Bloomingdale's is what I'm saying. But there are places that sell high quality furniture that are that's yeah. handmade, right? And that's where you want to put your market. You don't want to go to the flea market because that, that market is for the guys that are busting stuff out fairly quickly. They're, you know, they're fast and cheap. Uh, and or, you know, the hobbyists that, hey, it took me three months to make this. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to buy a new set of golf clubs. I only need three. Or, you know, just give me the price no. of the wood because I enjoyed making it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, just to replenish right. my stock or to buy another tool, something like that. So it's knowing your market. If you're going to be making a living at this, don't don't go compete with those guys. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll tell you, as someone that does this for a living, if a project excites me, if it's something really, truly unique and interesting, I am much more likely to do it for below my rate. Right. I agree um, with because, that. Because I'm an artist and... You know, which sounds so pretentious or pretentious, I know. But, you know, because I, I like that idea, like, oh, well, here's something that's really clever and unique in art scene. I just I was just writing an email to a guy tonight. He's he's looking for a, a, a bass guitar. Uh, and, you know, so I'm kind of writing back and forth about what we can do. And I'm like, you know, but I have a couple crazy ideas. If they strike your fancy, like, you can have something that's, you know, maybe, you know, we can do a little bit less because this mm. is something I want to make. You know, so there is even as a professional, I do that too. But that's because that's, I'm like a bad businessman. But that's basically. like a that's that's almost say like R and D development. It's R and D, Yeah, R and D or a prototype. Yeah. You can always get a deal on a prototype of something because it may or may not come out to what you're thinking. But that if you're giving, he's getting a deal on on something, but it's but it's actually giving you the knowledge you might need to make something. Yes, that's exactly that you can make trade. money off of. So yeah. there's your trade. Or, so or at least get the itch out of my my craw or whatever i don't know or to, or to spark it, the creative know. juices maybe maybe yeah. you've been making you know the same two or three models of something for a while and hey i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this deal because you got you got that fire stoked again so yeah. that's that's your that's your discount and for me that's just, very valuable honestly a big part of it is i look for excuses to make things that i want to make i try to find excuses to do it and so well, i'll there's try value to, to that there's absolutely yeah, I'll try to, to I, yeah. you know, like a customer, hey, I'm looking for a desk. He's like, do you want one made out of a pinball desk by any chance? Because I got one and I'd love to do it, you know. Like I look for an excuse. Um, yeah, and sometimes I can, uh, what's cool now is now I can do that on YouTube a little bit too with, uh, I can, you know, sponsorships yeah. with companies and stuff. I, there's potential for that. Tim, you should there. speak to your accountant is, about R&D cool. credits. Because you're doing stuff sometimes with uh, instruments, maybe with different tooling or new fabrication techniques, and that is worth R&D credits. And basically, tax deferrals, credits? offsets, sometimes you get grants, all kinds of different things. Oh, yeah. Maybe it'll help you buy tooling. If you're, if you're contributing to R&D, like new technology, new methodology, and they're pretty lenient about that. They just want you experimenting yeah. and sort of pumping into the local economy, all that stuff. Anyways, ask your accountant because there, there could be a lot there for you. I, I will. I'm going to write that down, actually. R&D credits. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And, and that's something I've been... You just said grants. That's something I've been looking... Or wanting to look into. I haven't actually taken the time yet because I've been too busy, but it's looking into like finding research grants and, and artist endowments and stuff to fund stuff like that. So, like, I, you You'd know, if I have... more like, likely to find the endowment than you would the... Like a yeah, oh, not necessarily. They, the the government gives these things to, out right. routinely. They're programs yeah. you just apply to. An endowment or a grant for the arts is like a thing that you really got to apply for, and they generally give it to younger people. Sorry, um, but 
Oh, yeah, no, it's right true, and they one. have um, they have classes, but you know you can right, just yeah. to fill out the age forms on the form, but but they have they have classes, and when you go to art school, that's like one of the classes right. that you take is like how to write grants, like because hey, it's like that much of the job of. Being I'm gonna hook you up, man. Next time you're in Cali, I'll take you to the new salon. Casey's specialty is coloring, so she can make you look like you've got that bright ginger nice. that you had at twenty. Nice. A lot of young people are dying their I hair just that. like silver gray now. I see that. I think, yeah, I can maybe try that. All kidding aside, maybe while we're that. on that topic, if you are if you are going so out on die. your own and you are doing your <laughs> thing, there are a lot of municipal, state, and federal grants for things like yes. hiring people, for investing in infrastructure, for starting a new business, whether that means um, a moratorium, which means that you can pause basically your property taxes for two years or you know you get a huge tax credits for hiring people it may actually cost you nothing to hire somebody as an offset so see what your municipality is offering i mean if you live in nyc you ain't got these things but if you live in areas that are really trying to invest in development you know like uh Florida does a lot of stuff with with grants i don't know what the gold coast out in cal in connecticut is doing but it may not be the same all to say, investigate, look into it, because it could yeah. be a huge boost to your business. I should look into that in the the town that my workshop is in, because it's a little bit like run down. It was an old; they used to be called the Silver City, it's a little and there tarnished was like mills now. and stuff. And actually, the Jim, uh, yeah, Jimmy's um, uh, latest video he did. I haven't watched it yet. Yes, but I saw, I saw it. It. like this mini it's printing cool. press. Yeah, I saw so, that. I was that's thinking from of you, Connecticut. That's where my shop is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's because there used to be a whole bunch of places like that in Meriden that just did, made stuff, and you know, and now there are all these empty buildings right. with you know so all the windows busted out. That kind of stuff. For I sure. wonder if there's. I, I bet you there's some. I don't. Yeah. I don't really have to watch Jimmy's videos to think about you, Tim. Just so you know, um, but I did want to say that uh, even as a small yeah, honestly, owner, creepy. <laughs> Um, uh, Casey, uh, being a small business owner, was able to get uh, help with that through the through the city and the state that, that her salon is in. So look into that too. Just simple that you're a small business. You have you're a small startup. There's a lot of programs out there for that. And yeah. I know that. Maybe you get some too. of your interns paid. Hey, hey. So if if we were looking at this triangle, I think we talked about this too. Who would we be on this triangle? And I think it is okay if, if two of us are the same. But I, I'm pretty sure I would be I would be good and cheap if if I had to pick this triangle because I do have the luxury, I'm not making a living off of doing this. These are things set aside the salon because that was a time crunch type thing, but most often I'm making things for myself. Um, just because it interests me. So I have the luxury of just spending an hour after work, maybe a couple of nights a week. So it, it doesn't cost me a whole lot of my time, and I know I can do a good job at making it, but you're not going to get it real fast because either either I'm going to sell it for cheap or nobody's going to buy it anyway. What, Tim, would you – what would you be? Well, when, when things are working properly in the shop, the goal is to be good and fast, you know. Right. Um, not that I want to, like, like overcharge – but I want to charge accordingly, and if I if I have the job in, I want to get it out, and I want to get to the next job. You know. Well, the good example would be the bar yeah. stools, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, they they paid for those. Yeah, yeah, you know, they paid for them, and you did a great job on them, and you did them fairly quickly for a one man operation. I mean, what? Yeah, literally, it was a matter of weeks, right? Uh, yeah, it was about. I mean, start to finish, from when I got the deposit check, it was uh, about six seven weeks. 
Right. So, but I mean, that's fairly fast for two hundred or one hundred and twenty-five bar stools for yeah. a, for yeah, a guy in his shop, right? Yeah, a guy in a chicken coop, you know. <laughs> yeah. What about so, you, Phil? Um, so I'm not doing this as a living, but currently I'm never cheap, uh, but I'm also sometimes never fast, and uh, I don't know if I'd call myself good. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you one thing. Yeah, I tell you, you found one the thing. sweet if spot. If I was doing this for a living, I can't promise that I wouldn't sometimes be cheap because when you don't have orders in hand, you're making for inventory. You can't sit on your butt and go, "Where are right. the orders?" You got to be producing. You got to capture that that oh, yeah. labor, right? So whether it's your own or if you're paying people, like I used to be, I used to work for a custom bike manufacturer. And during the slow times, we'd have guys just twiddling their thumbs until the, the owners realized, hey, we got to capture this labor. So we started a, um, a slightly more affordable line of, um, of stock size bikes. So during the slow times, we'd be capturing those guys' labor and they'd be making stock size bikes and then we'd have them to sell off. So I think I would approach it the same way. I could be making either inventory for the step stools that I make, I mean, I can always just make the step stools and paint them once the order comes in. Uh, sometimes I can make stock-sized whiskey boxes, although recently they've all been funky sizes. So I don't know if that would help me, but all to say, there is stuff to do during off times. And then, yeah, I guess when you're making inventory, you're selling pre-made goods. You don't, you you have to be a little bit cheaper. What about making the materials? Like you do a lot of glue ups and stuff for your yeah. whiskey box, especially the lids, right? So could you, I know why you would want to do it as you know what the order is, because right. you just glue up yeah. the size that you need and there's no waste. Could you make, if for whatever reason, it's like, you know what, I, nobody's ordered a whiskey box in a while. I'm going to go ahead and make up a half a dozen lids, make them big enough that they can accommodate pretty much any size, even though it might be a little bit of wasteful, a, at least you're doing something. It's a panel and frame kind of construction. So the frame of the lid, it captures it has to oh, be exact. The frame has to be exact. But yeah. is there anything? I mean, I could. Now that you're saying it, I could. Let's say, just do a whole bunch of pallet glue ups, right? And just have the have panels good. That's to what go. I'm saying. You I could, use those for right. the body of the box, not the lid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, for sure, I could yeah. be making inventory of materials, and I think we've talked about that in the past. For sure, right. and I and I I do do that. Um, yeah. And I just have sort of like an inventory of raw material that's good to go. Luckily, I. Recently, for the box I've been making, I haven't had a ton of orders because I did price them stupid expensive, and I, I don't really have a lot of time. So if someone wants to pay this ridiculous price, then yeah, I'll make them, and I'll make them as quickly as I possibly can. But I had this uh, maple desk that I found, and I've just been using that. It's been good to go, and I figure right. at first, I, I think we talked about this also, I figured, like, you know what? This is good material. I'm not going to waste it. I'm like, wasting it? I found it in the garbage. Just use it. Yeah, I we all we all that. we always do that. We we covet we we covet that nice piece or that nice cutoff for something that we're it, it ends up in the burn pile. So it, it would seem it would seem Phil that you actually fluctuate between good and fast and good and cheap. And no, I haven't I haven't done cheap. Well, I, I think you have I to cheap. I'm saying I would. I have. I mean, I think you I have to in have business. To. Yeah, because right. you don't do it full time. So I fluctuate yeah, between you have good to, almost, and like fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm either fast uh, or I'm not good. You know what? You know that's that's an interesting one though, right? You're a unicycle. Like, the faster we try to do something, it's not as good, right? And maybe the value isn't as good. 
Not necessarily, because the more you do something, the faster you become Agreed. at doing it. No question. You build the muscle memory, all that stuff. But you know, mm. you know darn well when well, you make not, something I'm just too saying, fast, when you talk it's not about, as good as when you take a little bit more time. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, for an example, uh, a journeyman mechanic can solve a problem on your car, and the labor is... So for people that don't know, most mechanical work you get done on your vehicle, it's written down in a book how much that labor cost is going to be. There's a national standard for that. So putting in a timing belt is going to be 10 hours of labor, let's say. A journeyman mechanic, somebody who's been doing this over and over and over again, has that experience, he can do that 10-hour job in a few hours, and he's going to make more money. To Whereas the, uh, the guy that's on his first year, he's just got his job, it's going to take him probably 12 to 15 hours to do a 10-hour job. So he's actually losing money. So just because you can do something more quickly doesn't necessarily I, mean it's going to I be I knew bad. you were going to bring up Not that in example, all cases. But in the case of fabrication, where you're making something from scratch, it's a little bit different than a repair of part replacement and all that stuff. Yes and no. Tell me that it. Tell me it takes you less time now to do a glue up because you you already know how you're going to do it. You know which way you're going to put the boards. You know where it's going to go on your bench. You know how much glue. For sure, you're but if need. I don't take See the time saying? necessary it's to not like, like mill properly, and I don't do too much milling, but if it's not straight and true, then but there's no R and D. There's there's no R and D. You've already done the R and D, so you are quicker I'm just saying at it. If than I rush through it, right, and I you don't already have the do the joints properly, and if I don't, you know cut the joinery properly. You know, I just rush through it. It's not going to be as good an end product. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't do things faster and better. You know, but yeah, the, the difference, difference is, is that the, rushing the, through it and, and just having the knowledge to get it done. It's just, it's, you don't have to think about as much stuff. Yeah, yeah. You have the tooling now. You have everything. So the actual job is getting no done faster. Then when the you journeyman, first the journeyman's still looking at the book. He still has to go back and say, "Okay, what's step seven? But then the guy right. that's been doing it forever doesn't have to look book. at the book anymore. He just does it. So you're at that point. You're not looking at the book anymore. You're that's just true. doing it. So that's you know, yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, it's just because you, I, I think that it, it, I understand what you're saying. If you rush through yeah. something, you're going to make mistakes. But you also, there's a lot of things that you can do quicker because you already know the steps. You've already done this. You know the steps to take. You don't have to wonder, mm -hmm. is this going to fit on my bench? You know, do I have to set up sawhorses out in the driveway? You already know that. So there's time saved right there in those types We're on the same page, instances. brother. Same page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's called Reclaimed Audio. Yes. All right. Speaking of it's pages, of I think it's time we turn the On page. a lonely, lonesome highway <laughs> east of Omaha. No, it's Turn the Page by Bob Seger. Um, That's what you were doing? Oh, yeah, that That's was what, what I was just doing. whistled. Uh, no, that, I'm sorry. That was On the Road Again. That was what that was from. No, no. It's Turn the Page. No, I was right. I was right. Yeah. yeah it was the, the sax part. Yeah. Da, da, yeah that, da, there it is. Da, on long and lonesome highway yeah. east of Omaha. To the engines moaning out its one lone song. Yeah. Think about the woman. Review the review. review. What are we doing? Review oh, we're not review. singing? <laughs> We're not singing? Review the review. Um, well, you can review that, my singing if you like. I have already. I'm reading the reviews here now. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't really re read your review out loud, so... Um, I'm going to... I think this is where we left off here, because we actually we want to thank everybody for contributing to our Review the Review segment, my yes. favorite segment of the podcast. And I'm... Uh, this is where we left off. I don't know if we have any new in the European market, but here is it the in one the US, is Grim Squeaker. Just uh, you just did, uh, you read that one out loud, right? 
I did. We did Grim Squeaker, and I think it's Nick. Nick is next, right? Uh, okay, so there's like uh, one, two, three European ones in between that. Okay, so uh, the this is from Nick from South Carolina, and he says, "Thank you for introducing me to the Maybe I Said Too Much." <laughs> <laughs> This is a great podcast about reusing materials, but its real purpose has been to introduce me to the Maybe I Said Too Much podcast, which I hey. now much prefer to reclaimed audio. I enjoy listening to... <laughs> yeah. We might have to delete this one. Yeah. It is five stars, though, so I have to read it. No, no, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy listening to Phil, Tim, and the gun lover from Oakland. But nothing <laughs> which is, yeah. What a sentence that is, the gun lover right? from Oakland. Um but nothing makes me forget the daily grind like the three studs from Maybe I Said Too Much. I guess he's never seen them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Tim. Eesh. Yeah. Uh, I say, was, that, was that out loud? <laughs> can I just Maybe say that I've, I've hugged all three of those people, and there's hugged. a lot to be... A lot of hugging, There's yeah. a lot to be desired. <laughs> Maybe you can have the rest of the guys over as guests as well. I'd much appreciate it. We have had all three members of the Maybe If I Said Too Much podcast yeah. on our show over the years. Uh, recently, we had Joel. Mike Laffey was a little further back, and then yeah. Izzy was way back dues. in the beginning. He paid his dues. He's twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's free from ever having to do this junk again. We might have to have, we might have, <laughs> to have them little, all three at once. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, they they can do that on their podcast. Without they do us. that weekly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, oh yeah, they, really? They still making that? Okay, let me. Uh, actually, there's only two in between our last one and this one you just read. Uh, so just, I'll get those up. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. By Very the way, cool. that was awesome. Yes, Bison fifty three yeah. from the UK wrote, "It's like when you've got to go pee." Uh, <laughs> Bill, he's quoting you. It's like when you gotta go pee. The closer you get to the bathroom, the more you dance. You should write a book of proverbs. Love it. <laughs> You're welcome, brother. And and just so you know, the UK is my favorite town. I love it. <laughs> Can't wait to read that book. Actually, as it turns out, both Italy and Spain were John made it. He just he took he, for some reason he's crossing two countries and he had a lot to write. So that was the only one in between Ryan and Nick. And then there's like. There's the UK, Philippines, okay, Germany, we, we got and the, the UK, and the two new American ones there that you see. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a whole bunch of them there. Um, I'll do the next uh, American, uh, sure. and then we'll do one more each. Okay. So this is a um, great group of normal guys, five stars, and this is by Tailgate Workbench. That's a, that's a good name. Yeah, it Tailgate is. Workbench. Yeah. This is a great group of normal guys. No Hollywood flash, no BS. It's just like you were in the shop with your friends. Gentlemen, keep up the good work. Aww. Not a single huh. insult in that one. That's wow. I'm, as much as we here. say you can send any any review as long as it's five stars, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to break our hearts in the process. If you want to be beautiful and loving and kind like the last review that Tim just read from work, Workbench Tailgate Guy, you can do that as well, people. I'm just saying. Hey, I, my, I stopped talking. I'm on the phone with my agent. So, I said only <laughs> green M&Ms. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, what's next? Oh, we don't have to do another one. We did three today. You want to save these? All right. Oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, if we go. Oh, That's you right. The weekly seg tip segment. Phil. And I'm going to uh, rip off one of Jimmy's because I do like it and use it. So... Um, 
basically keep a hot glue gun plugged in at all times while you're in the shop because it comes in handy all the time just for joining a couple of pieces together temporarily and sometimes even permanently if you're just building a jig a hot glue gun works really well with wood and is ready to go at a moment's notice they actually have really good cordless ones now um, although I don't have one I uh, I was thinking about getting one I have yeah the Ryobi there love it but it's yeah it think. sucks batteries so just you, but the Ryobi batteries so charge you go. 15 but minutes. that's that's my tip hot glue gun great for joining two pieces together mixed materials doesn't matter um, they're great if you're making molds all kinds of good stuff yeah CNC machine <clears throat> way such an easy way to just stick something to a CNC machine and go you know uh, why don't we take that Jimmy tip a little bit further back and he also did one where he said even just a stick of hot glue he keeps it like in his tool bag um, just be in case for whatever reason you can actually use like a lighter or something and melt the end of the stick of glue and dab that on there yeah. it'll work kind of the same in a pinch so yeah hot glue gun definitely and the hot glue sticks are, are handy as well and they they tote they mm, tote easily Good throw idea. one in your tool bag yeah yeah that is a good idea. Keep it. What in there um, yeah. grabbed your attention this week? Let's go with Tim. Jeez, uh, I, ha- I have a couple things. I guess I'll I'm gonna save them for the weeks that I don't have a couple okay. things. So I'm just gonna give you one. <laughs> um, did you see Phil on Netflix the no. program called Mars? What is it? It's. I don't know if I liked it or not, but I'm All gonna right. mention it anyways. It, it's a. It's a combination. You, you watched it? Yes, yeah, combination documentary and hmm. fiction. Uh, like, but sort of like like realistic fiction, like future. So basically, it's it's, it's, it's like watching a sci-fi show and having real scientists um, jump in the middle and say, well, jump in and, Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's super okay. cool, super cool. Yeah, so it was the premise is that it's 2037 or whatever the year was, I forget, and we're sending the first manned group of people mm-hmm. to Mars, which is very plausible, right? And and, they, and so then they talk about well we got the we send this up years ago and we sent this up and so all these things are already there for them so they can go and settle, and they, and then they cut back into 2016 and they talk to like Neil deGrasse Tyson and like all these NASA people and they talk about all this stuff and um, what's his name there Elon from, Musk uh, Tesla yeah, yeah. And they talk about all this Elon Musk and they they show what we're doing today or in 2016 because it took them a few years to make it I guess what's actually really happening and how they're planning for this 2030s trip that's you know. A, probably going to happen and and all the thought that goes into it and what it means and so it was it was it was fun it kind of it's it hit a couple a couple different mm-hmm. nerd spots in my brain you know like two so so i i thought you might I enjoy will it, definitely check it out it, it was good casey uh discovered that we watched i i don't know how i think it's is it two seasons or like, just one I only, it was like four episodes, but they reached like an hour or something. I think. Yeah, five episodes. it was something, that but was it was awesome. it was we we binge watched it on a weekend. It was yeah, that it, good. It took a so, weekend. Yeah, sweet. What yeah. about you, Bill? Uh, you know, I, I love this part. Um, this is a semi shout, semi love the community. Um, Garage Monkey Son, mm. Gary Fuji. If you remember a while back, he's a, he's he's uh, he listens to the show and love this guy a while back uh we had mentioned you know one of the challenges we might do let's take a old toolbox like a plastic k 
case and make something out of it. Gary made that video yeah. where he made a boombox. He actually took yeah, a. I remember. He yeah. took the the guts out of a, a um, computer speakers and he put them in that thing and then he made it so it's Bluetooth and it recharges your phone. Anyway, this young man, after working uh, hard for well over three decades, is retiring, and he's moving from. I didn't know at the time, but from about 10 minutes south of me to Hawaii. Wow. And he's going to retire. And so, Gary, God bless you and your retirement. That's awesome for you. But he he says, hey, man, can I, do you want this boombox? I'd love to, I'd love to give it, I'd be honored. I absolutely would be honored. So I told him, yes, please. And so we're either going to hook up or he's just going to drop it off at the house or, you know, because he's busy with packing and I'm busy with the salon. But either way, he wants to give you me that boombox. You go to him. Go pick it up. Go down to his house and pick it up while I, he's busy. We're, it's going to happen. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. But <laughs> so, Gary, that, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited that somebody that is that young that has paid his dues is getting to do the retirement thing and go. Yeah. And he said, I'm retiring after three decades of cubicle things to go live that in Hawaii. The dream. Like, oh my gosh. That, that is the dream. That's like yeah. the dream. That is the yeah. dream right there. So Gary, we all love you. I especially love you because I'm the one getting the fruits of your labor and not these other. Please two never shows. talk about the fruits of his labors. And Hey Gary, I just wanted to thank you for the yep. invite to Hawaii. I'll be there next weekend. <laughs> oh no, Bill! You enjoy your little boombox. So. Zing! <laughs> so that's what got my attention. There Bill, is you, a YouTube channel. Uh, it's Japanese. It's called Oyo Fifty Six O H Y O Fifty Six, and uh, he makes all these like gorgeous shop fixtures and tools. Like he makes his own sharpening jig for chisels. He made his own. Uh, clamps for a sacrificial fence on a table saw. He made his own uh, pocket hole jig. But, I mean, it's like it's like just gorgeous. It's like a Craig jig, but made out of hardwood. And it's just stunning. Mm. And uh, he's got a whole bunch of these, like, really, really cool uh, videos where he does all these things, where he makes, like, his own clamps and he makes his own... Uh, I don't know. you got to check this out. O-H-Y-O-56. And uh, he's just this really great maker. Wow. And... Uh, I love it. Yeah, awesome, it man. Killer. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's where I'm at on that. And I guess it's time to wrap this up. Our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm yes. Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio on iTunes. Leave us them reviews. We love hearing from you. Obviously, uh, we read them all out. So um, I left a link on reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Click on that. It opens up iTunes and you can leave us any five-star review you like. Um, and patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio, the absolute best way to help us stay on the air and keep putting out this uh, tremendous content that we do on a weekly basis. So, uh, again, there's a link on reclaimedaudiopodcast.com to get to our Patreon page as well. Um, and on that note, thank you very much. We, we appreciate all of you, and uh, have a great week. I Have a great week, everybody. Yes, indeed. Be good. <laughs>